What's up, everybody? Uh, welcome back. Uh, uh, welcome back to the Bridging the Gap podcast. I hope you're all well. I'm absolutely fantastic. Thank you for asking. I uh, hope things are well with everyone. We've started prep. Um, I don't know whether I had um, started prep on the last one. I think I was like it was like a couple of days before last week. So we're here now. We're in prep. I was 120.1 this morning. I'm still on TRT and I'm fucking dying. <laughs> uh, the natural the natural population who listens to this podcast, you obviously can't relate. Um, but there is like a period of time when you obviously come off steroids where you feel like, yeah, it's normal. Like it's normal. It's it's kind of like uh, it's, it's, it's how you would feel naturally. But when you've been phys- supra, pra, physiological it, it it normal feels feels less than normal does that make sense i'm sure it does to a lot of people you know so uh after feeling uh superhuman for a while i'm on week 10 which is like rock bottom so after week four depending on the the ester molecule that you guys use so whether you use an anthate or cyprinate i was actually using a cyprinate so really after week five i was probably back down to baseline levels all the primavolin had left my system all the trend had left my system and uh, after week five, you are like truly natty. So after like week five, she gets heavy. And like the thing is, is like it's a weird thing with 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 coming off steroids is that you you feel strong and like I feel good in myself. Like I feel I feel calm. I don't feel like pressure from. Sometimes you feel like a lot of pressure from the drugs. Like uh, there's a lot of pressure to perform. There's a lot of pressure in general. And I find that I can just feel androgen load. I need to turn my fucking WhatsApp off. I can just feel drugs. I can I can feel them in me. Two seconds while I lick my joint to close it. Today will be a fly high with Josh Bridgman. Because I'm going to be smoking a, a Jeffrey. So, um, yeah, I'm in that phase where I'm, I've started prep. I've lost a little bit of weight. I'm t- 120 kilos, but I am flat as fuck. I'm so, so flat and I'm feeling weak. Uh, and, and by week, I mean just as strong as normal. <laughs> by week, I mean just as strong as normal, but just like less oomph, less aggression, less fullness, less pop in the muscle, which is to be expected um, based on where I am. But something something that was crazy is, is that just before I started prep, I was feeling all the same things, but without the uh, the motivation, without the progression, without the, right, let's fucking go. But now I'm on prep, like, that's all I needed. Cool. The The, the mindset is there. I'm ready to uh, to progress. I'm ready to chase down my dreams. So, prep is a powerful thing. I'm excited for it. I'm just gonna. I should. I should. I should get the camera going. If I should get the camera going, guys, tag me in your stories and say, record these, even though I'm on my own. <sighs> Lovely, jubbly. little joins and housing for the morning, and uh, for a good podcast. And everyone who hates weed is now going, shut the fuck up, what are you doing? Um, so I'm going to go through some questions today. I asked <coughs> some questions on my old story. Woo-hoo! Woo, good morning! Uh, I asked some questions out of my story, and I have got some questions to go through today. Um, sometimes we'll do topics. Sometimes we'll do questions. Sometimes I'll just waffle because this is how this podcast goes. Thank you to everyone who tuned back in last week. Um, we we before I like when you're in a moment. Here's the thing with algorithms: 
when you're on momentum with the algorithm, that's YouTube, Instagram, TikTok. I realize how hard it is going to be to smoke a joint on my own because I have to take breaks to take a puff. But it is what it is. We're here for it. If you hear me go silent, that's why. Um, but the more you play into algorithms, the more you, the more you're in it, the better things go, you know. And and the podcast was getting. I was just going through. I was literally just going through. In fact, I've got the screen up right now. I'll pull it up. Uh, my Podbean, which is my hosting app, my latest episodes. I'll have to sign back in, of course. So it was crazy in the fact that uh, the one in two, the latest one in two thousand and twenty-one, which is obviously last year. Uh, in December, which was kind of the last one we did before we took a break with with the with the uh, off the cuff guys and started doing that, had four point five thousand downloads. The one before that, five point one thousand. The one before that, five point five, five point five, six point two, five point two, five five point three, five. So we're getting over five thousand downloads per per podcast episode, which is fucking crazy. Five thousand people, and that's just on um, Podbean. That's not even through. Um, Spotify or anything, which for me is really good. Uh, obviously, with the podcast with the boys, there's a lot bigger reach. We get kind of ten thousand views ish, or anywhere between six to eight thousand views on on YouTube. We also get five to six thousand views on podcasts, and also a couple thousand on Spotify. So we're up towards fifteen, so three times the audience. Obviously, three people. But this latest one, we got two thousand views because obviously two thousand downloads. Because obviously, you have to kind of you got to treat the algorithm right. You got to get back in it, and that's that's the hardest thing about social media sometimes is that you have to just be in it and when you do take a break you're not rewarded for it you're not rewarded for years of input and then having a one week off instead you're dropped down the algorithm which is a bastard but it's one thing that i'm really really good at is being consistent so i'm, I'm fine with it um, that's my little algorithm chat for today so we'll do some questions now i'll pick these at random um and we'll just try and keep a variety of questions you know, obviously I'm a bodybuilder. Can we get some bodybuilding questions? But we'll try and keep it uh, different. Um, so, what's a more reliable indicator for <laughs> straight to bodybuilding question? So, what's a more reliable indicator for progression on prep, scale weight, or physical bo- body composition? So, it's going to be it's going to be largely dependent on what type of athlete are you. Are you assisted? Or are you not assisted? If you're not assisted and you're natural, I would argue that scale weight needs to really consistently move at least for like 85% of prep. And then the last 15% of prep, the scale weight becomes a lot less relevant because of inflammation, because of those very finer details, and also the ability to dig a little bit too hard on natural bodybuilding and flatten the look off and ruin the look. So more often than not, scale weight has to come down. When you get to those nitty gritties of being fucking shredded, it doesn't matter so much. Uh, with obviously using anabolics, the physical aspect, the, the, the visual side of things is gonna be a lot more apparent. Uh, you've got the ability to grow in prep. If you've come out, like, for example, for me, I'm going to be off anabolics for 12 entire weeks, which is, okay, people are going to be like, that's not very much. But in the in the scheme of taking steroids, uh, taking 12 weeks off is really, really long. Some people do four, some people do eight, some people do 10, some people do 12. Some people do 16, some people take the whole year off. Uh, but as a professional, someone who is professionally taking steroids, that's a bit of a weird thing to say, um, you, you will generally... Uh, pay less attention to the physical weight because once you go on steroids again after having 12 weeks off you refill those androgens you get full as fuck again you know so your body weight will will skew a little bit and then as you get leaner you introduce harder compounds uh you manipulate water a lot more so it becomes a lot less 
uh, apparent. Still a very, very big figure, though. Still a very, very big, big figure. It's just not uh, as uh, as big as when you're natural. But still, both are very, very important. So, Richard here says, how to stop your waist expanding while in a growth phase? I'm going to be honest. I reckon waist growth it is 90% genetics, if not 100. And the only the 10% changes whether you're going to open bodybuilding or not. I don't think you physically need to eat enough to be a classic guy to warrant getting a bigger waist. Now, a bigger waist, it can happen. If you overindulge food and get fat as fuck every single off-season, you may add like a 0.01 millimeter onto your, onto your thickness, right? Because you, you, your hip position is never going to change. Your way your waist sits is never going to change mechanically. But all the tissue that sits on it, you can change. Actually, like waist tissue is very, very difficult to build. So I wouldn't worry about like, you know, squats and deadlifts and stuff. It's going to take fucking decades for you to build that waist. But guess what? If you're trying to be an open bodybuilder, you probably need decades. So if you're doing that stuff for a very long period of time, gorging on food and forcing it in so you've got a big fuck off belly, then yeah, like I would say that you probably need to just not gorge. But for me, like, I don't know if I'm bigger than you. I would, I, like my the odds are in my favor that I'm a bigger guy than you. But I've been eating... I might not be, no, no disrespect, but just odds. Uh, I have eaten, you know, 6,300 calories and my waist has been fucking blown out and my waist gains like, you know, goes to like a, maybe a 35 or something in the off season, but it's like 27 on prep and every single time it's 27 on prep. It's been the exact same, if not smaller, every single prep, uh, despite the amount of food that I've eaten. So I almost feel like maybe genetically I just physically can't do it. Um, so it just it's basically just going to be like what's putting pressure on your stomach to expand lots of food lots of like you know bloating but ultimately you probably need to go there anyway good question though um who's stronger larry wheels or ronnie coleman hmm i have no idea probably larry larry do we know does anyone know they're both fucking strong but i would say larry just because he doesn't like bodybuild you know Fan, uh, this is uh, a question I, I want to ask, answer. Fancy sending me some free cuffs because I'm skin toe. Um, it's a difficult question. I'll have to think about it for a while. Uh, yeah, sure, no worries. <laughs> now, guys, I get people message me. Oh, uh, I get people message me a lot. Like uh, sometimes they're joking, but sometimes behind a joke, like is something real, right? Uh, and I don't like talking about these things publicly because I feel like if you do things for the public eye, they're not real, right? It's like a guy who, unless it's like, you, uh, it's, it's a difficult one because unless it's like your content and you're trying to simultaneously help people and grow an audience through giving, like for example, I've got a camera out and I go give a homeless man £100 or £1,000 or whatever it is. Like, is that right or wrong? It's hard because you do change that homeless, potentially, the homeless person's life, but you also film it for content. So I think it really, really depends on how you present that content. Uh, so, for example, like, Steve will do it. I don't know if anyone knows him, but you should go follow him. And he'll do, like, a video where he's giving away $100,000, like, to someone. And over the video, he gives away, like, a million to, like, five or six different, like, families, really, really people who deserve it. 
and it's really endearing and the way he does it is so funny it's like unique whereas you know if I just go like for example this guy goes can I have some free cuffs and I go yeah here you go and then like he he posts it on his story saying look what Josh did for me and then I like repost it and say yeah we've always got you it's like you know did, did I do that like for clout and to look good or did I do that to help him so I like when I help people I like to keep it nice and quiet just just because it's like a personal thing is what I like to do you know so message me personally dude on on, on if you're listening to this uh, and message me on Instagram and I will send you a pair no problem we've done this many 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 times on one of our uh, I have a guy at customer service and I tell him you know if you see something where we can help go do it and recently we actually did that with someone none is literally doing the thing that I literally said uh, I didn't want to do but just as an example uh, like and I think it's really really good not only is it good it's good good karma it's good for yourself it's good for your own mental well-being to go away and give for someone but I do think that it comes around what goes around comes around you know and I think that maybe that guy will you know he'll he'll, he'll he won't say the bad word that he was thinking about or he will say a good word when 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 one of my pops up not it's for that but I just think that for some reason giving always gives back you know it's one of those things where if you really give and you truly don't expect anything back, I, I, I truly believe you win. And that's the, that's like a huge thing that I've taken over my career is I've always replied to people. I've coached people for free. I coach people, I coach someone for £40 a month at the moment, you know, because we've got a good relationship and I, they started with me years ago. Uh, if people can't pay because of whatever they 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 didn't get paid this week like I'll, I'll you know cool man whenever you're ready you do it because for me it's not like necessary about the money i've got money i don't need to i don't need to like force someone who's really struggling for money to pay me earlier or they're cancelled like i don't need that i'd much rather like help that person without any expectation i don't even want them to pay me for that week i just know that they're going to have a better experience and it's going to you know what I put out, and eventually it comes back, and it, and it feels like it's worked. I think it's probably easy for me to say that. Sat where I am, um, very very easy for me to say that, but I think it's worked, and I think giving without expecting, if you're in the position to do so, I think it's the the most liberating feeling in the world. Uh, and I could list many 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 things, but that defeats the point. So I'll leave you with those two, and I think that you know if there's one thing you guys can take from that little segment there was. Just try and give, like, honestly, without expecting, if you can, like, if you've got, like, if you've got a surplus, and it's not going to even, you're not even going to blink at, you know, losing X, Y, and Z, uh, do it, and I promise you something will come back for you. Which show are you preparing for? So this is going to be a YouTube uh, a podcast exclusive. In fact, maybe I'll title this, which shows am I going to do, so I can try and get my views back up. So the shows that I'm going to do this year is going to be the One Bro Pro Show on the 31st of July. That is in 16 weeks' time on a Sunday. That's going to be in Maidenhead in England, which is going to be amazing. So if you're, if you're listening, come true. Come true to Maidenhead. Shout my number. I'll post it on Instagram before I go on. Uh, the week after, we do the Tampa Pro. The Tampa Pro. The week after that, the Texas Pro. Oh, baby. Three weekends, three competitions, two in America. Two will be huge, huge ones. I think Texas and... <coughs> excuse me. I think uh, Texas and Tampa 
on especially men's physique level. Uh, men's physique more tamper will they are the, they are like almost the biggest show. So you've got the Olympic, which is the biggest, the Arnold's, which is like the second biggest, and then you've probably got New York, and that's pr- that's probably like the tier three. Like everyone wants to win New York, and then 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 you've got like Tampa and uh, Tampa, Texas, you know, different different places. Maybe Toronto as well. Um, maybe like the Cali shows and stuff. And then under that, you'll have like the European shows, honestly. Like, and then the one that I'm doing is a new show this year. It's in England. It's the first one of its kind. the The amount of people going is probably going to be not as big as Texas, for example. Uh, there's probably not going to be many Americans because they've got pro shows every weekend in America. Um, it's probably going to be filled with Europeans, and it's like a a lower tier uh, show. So you actually get less points for weight. So if I come fifth or whatever, I get less points than if I came fifth in Tampa. Um, and if you win, you still go You still go to the Olympia. So if you win any pro show, you go to the Olympia, which is quite a good one. So like a, a, an easier one, but also it's good because it's on home soil. I get to compete. My dad's going to be there. My dad's never seen me compete at a high level. First time he saw me was like 2014. And he's never seen me since. He's seen pictures. He's seen me in person, but not when I'm shredded. Not when I'm like... Uh, assisted and shredded. He's seen me when I'm natural and shredded and he's been like, oh yeah, that's cool. But like, I'm still fucking 15 kilos lighter than he was. Now I'm going to be shredded and be 15 kilos heavier than he is. <laughs> so it's going to be good to see that. Uh, my mum didn't get to see the pro card. So for her to see me as a as a, as a pro, for Andy to um, come over and, you know, watch this and film this will be good. Hopefully we can get a little media pass. And it's going to be really, really good and I'm excited for it. I'm hoping the uh, lighting is good. Um, and then yeah, so Tampa, we'll fly to Tampa. I'm in the process of getting IFBB Pro Joe Brighty on board, so he can compete with me. We can get a nice big Airbnb. So we fly to Tampa, compete, fly to Texas on the Monday, spend the week in Texas. Cal's going to be in Texas. He's already there for a seminar. Um, I can go. To, I'm going to go to Alpha Land. I'll go to fucking Destination Dallas. It's going to be. It's going to be good. I can't wait. Um. Yeah, and then the next question is like, what what would be a satisfying placing for you in your first pro show? Uh, I'm very very realistic, and I think like the slither of chance of getting to the Olympia this year is it is a slither. It's very very difficult, but I would um, absolutely love the opportunity to do it. Realistically speaking, one bro pro show like I don't even know if there's going to be ten pros. It's I don't know. Like we need to see first if there's ten pros. Like usually the the lineups are like thirty deep. Texas, Tampa will be thirty, forty people deep of pros. So in those shows, I would like to just make the first cut, which is like top fifteen. So I think it's like uh, thirty people come out, top fifteen get callbacks, then they do comparisons. So top fifteen, top ten would be nice. I think Joe got a top ten in, at some point, or maybe it's a top fifteen or top twelve. I can't remember, but I, I would like that as well. I think that's a realistic shout. Uh, in America, those are. I'd like to. I'd like to get a top ten in America. I think that'd be the, that'd be the ultimate, the ultimate, uh, the ultimate result. I think the one in the UK is probably going to be a little bit harder. It's probably, you know, sorry, a little bit easier, relatively speaking and respectively speaking. Like with respect, uh, it's going to be less, you know, Americans for one because they're the fucking people you need to worry about. Um, so yeah, with that really, depending on the amount of people, if there's only 10 people, I would want a top five. If there's, if there's like 15, 20 people, um, top 10 would be good. 
it's very, very difficult to set realistic expectations when really I want to win. I don't want to say I want top 10. I don't. I actually want number one. But you've got to speak realistic. Uh, it's very hard to like, also it's hard to put myself against those people. I look at them, I think they're fucking massive. But I'm 30 kilos heavier than them. Or I'm 20 kilos heavier than them right now. You know, it's like, mm, I don't know. We'll see when we get there. Please keep doing what you're doing. You're a massive inspiration to me. Hope you're well today, bro. My brother, John's bodybuilding condition. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. So many calm people say that a lot, by the way. You know, those people don't get recognition because you don't repost it on your story. You don't like talk about it anywhere. People who just go, you good? I like, hope you're good. So respect to you guys. I appreciate it a lot. Uh, what's the hardest, Jesse? Uh, my man is killing it in the natural bodybuilding scene. Jesse Salama. Uh, I've probably said that wrong. He's finished. It's probably not. Uh, I don't know how finished people talk, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's J Jesse Salama. Uh, he is absolutely killing it. He's three weeks out, just under three weeks out. He's shredded. He's walking in minus four snow in Finland. Like it's crazy. He's shredded as well, so he must be fucking freezing. Uh, the hardest prep part of prep for me is. When you're truly shredded to, to nah, you know what, it's, it's probably just the last couple of weeks of getting to that point where you're truly shredded, because it's a fucking dig, like, it's more just like the legs, the tiredness, the the effort to, you know, you've been doing this for 14, 15, 16 weeks, in Jesse's case, this is, his, his is like 17th week, he's got three more left, I think, maybe a bit more, um, and it's like you're so tired of the monotony. You're so tired of doing it every day. You're tired of having to wake up and having to do. And you know what? You, you get to the end of the day. You've done your steps. You've trained. You've done your cardio. You've done what you need to do. That You've eaten. You've done all your work. And it's like 8 o'clock or whatever it is. And you sit down. And you go, oh, my God. Thank God that's done. And you go to bed in an hour and you wake up and you do it again. So it's like, it's like the, the, the pain of doing that for so long at such like high intensities is really really difficult how are you sleeping now <coughs> oh my god excuse me how are you sleeping now that you've lost a few pounds <coughs> much better thank you for asking so i've um i've been using a cpap machine i'm actually going to do a video on this probably in the next couple of weeks i've been using a cpap machine which basically opens your airways by forcing air down it in this, in the most polite way uh, you basically wear a mask and it has a, you sit next to a little machine that you plug in and they basically blast air for your airway so they don't like flatten out and, and make you snore and uh, give you uh, sleep apnea, which is what I was suffering with. Um, so now that I've lost a few pounds, now I'm 120, sleeping way better. Like I can put the mask on now to go to sleep. Like I used to have to put the mask on and I'd, if I wake up for a piss, I'll go for a piss and I'll keep the mask on and then go and uh, go back to sleep. But now I can like go to bed with the mask on and I can like take it off when I go for a piss because... And I'm recording my sleep and my my noises and my sounds and like the, the the snoring is way less. And I'm feeling much better. I'm feeling like the same as when I was wearing the mask the whole time. So, I think once I'm like down to like one fifteen, I'll be uh, I'll be mask free hopefully until like the week after I fucking finish prep. <laughs> uh, Tia Claire Toomey, Natty or not, Rosie? I don't know why I'm saying your name in Australian. It's so difficult because. Like, 
there are outliers. There are always, always outliers. And more often than not, these outliers find themselves in very like prominent positions, especially now with social media, right? And they end up in the in the limelight, so they get questioned a lot. So there are outliers. I believe she's probably an outlier, right? But having said that, she has well-formed outs. She has crazy conditioning. She has amazing musculature. She has masculine facial features. You know, she's slightly more butch. But maybe that is just part of her genetic makeup. Maybe her testosterone naturally is a little bit higher than other women, you know? So I think she's a genetic outlier. I think about other genetic outliers, people like Keefe West, uh, who looks fucking crazy and is mad strong. He's stronger than fucking big, big bodybuilders and only getting stronger at the rate that we do using steroids and he's natural. I think about Mike Tennant who can deadlift like 375 kg naturally, which is just crazy. I think about Isaac Francis who... uh, has been natural for a very long time and he has one of the most well-formed physiques I've seen. Nathan PT, Ross Dickerson, people are going to shoot me for that one, but I think he is. Um, you know, and then I think, you know, you look at Messi, you look at Ronaldo, like, the outliers. the outliers and they always find themselves at the top, you know, and I, I would say that she's, she, she is natural. Doesn't mean that everyone can do that though. You know, I think sometimes you get these people who are natural and they don't, like, because they've worked so hard for it, they don't necessarily think that they are genetically gifted because they've had to work hard. Well, everyone's got to work hard, but sometimes it just happens a bit quicker, you know? So I think there's a lot of uh, people like that who say, look, what's achievable naturally? Actually, you know what? That might not be achievable for 99% of the population, you know? Actually, it, it might not. Like for me, it's 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 almost a hundred percent that I could never get as big as Phil Heath. I don't need to look like him. I couldn't even get as much muscle. I was not like that. He was like as big as me now when I'm using fucking steroids. Do you know what I mean? It's it's a crazy uh, it's a crazy thought to think about that. You know, there are people who can just grow because they've got some type of connection in their brain that, uh, or multiple connections or multiple genes that they've got switched on that favor them in in those things. You know, which is crazy. So yeah, that's what I think. Uh, British pro men's physique tougher than everywhere else. Early career pros seem way bigger. Nah, no way, man. No way. Uh, there's just so many more shows in America. So like, there has to be a winner of the show. So if everyone turns up and they're rubbish, like the best of them wins. And that would be the, that would be the same in England. Like if we had fifty, mm, I don't know how many there. Maybe yeah, maybe like if you did more than ten pro qualifiers in England. They've actually did one yesterday. Uh, I would say half of them would be would be very average at best. Like that's that's kind of, but that's also the same as like America. I think it's just the same everywhere. I think the ratio would be the same actually. They got they got a couple hundred more million than than us. Initial cost of starting Wanamar. Uh, so Wanamar, I made from. Uh, my co- so I have my coaching, which is like a big income, and then I have, or sorry, <laughs> a big income, a big proportion of my income uh, on one side with my sponsors. So I'll put my sponsor money and my coaching money, like me as an athlete, if I ever win a show, I'll put money, not that I've ever won money since like five years, uh, I'll put the money there and all my personal earnings will go into that company. I then have Wanamar as a business. I then opened up, I actually called it JBF Brigade Limited, uh, which is like my coaching name, but I, we trade as Wanamar. 
Um, probably shouldn't have said that. Oh well. Uh, then I put f I opened that originally because I wanted to separate the companies because one my coaching and my coaching plus my sponsors would take me above eighty five thousand pound a year revenue, which then made me uh, VAT registered. And because like I'm not really like dealing in things that you can offset with VAT in large amounts, like I just lose that. And I couldn't just go to my clients, right, everyone pays 20% more. I mean, you can. You definitely can, and people do. But I just could. I felt like I couldn't tell everyone, right, you're all getting charged like 30 quid more a month, even if it wasn't that much. In, at the moment, it, at the, in, in the moment, it felt like a lot. So I wanted to split the companies, one coaching, one sponsors, so then it would be less than 85,000. Because I was literally like, you know when you're like just over the threshold, it just fucks you. I'd literally just crept over for the year and like I tried to they tried to like tell me to spend X amount I'd go under and I'm like I is that even how it works? I don't even anyway. So I left it. Um I left it there and then essentially very soon after I realised that um I couldn't I couldn't split them because I'd put them all down as one one name. Um and then basically I took that account and I put uh, I took £5,000 from my coaching and sponsors that were one account in the end. I just had like an open account. I put five grand in there and I went for it. That was what I did. I went from a five grand, um, a five grand, uh, whatever you want to call it, investment. And I probably spent about two of it on like some hoodies and, you know, I think maybe some t-shirts at the time. And they were like my first ones. And then sold that, you know, maybe got like seven or eight after that. And then just like kept going and going and going and going. That was like two years ago. So yeah, now we just, uh, yeah, that was the initial starting cost. We can get into the other stuff another time. I don't know if it's, um, I don't know if it's time. Um, any news on your hair loss? Has it stopped? I don't really, don't really take notice of it. My hair's pretty good. Uh, I'm sure I'll get to a point where I'm like, oh shit, I thought my hair was really good. Now it's gone. Um, I don't know. I'm tempted to do some preventative message, uh, measures, but we'll just uh, we'll have to see as we go because I don't know what uh, I don't really know the damage that I've got, and I can always get a hair transplant. I actually had my first hair transplant message the other day. I think these are quite popular with people, and especially bodybuilders who use steroids. They um, and they offered me a free hair transplant, so I'll probably do that when I'm ready. I will only do a few more questions. I only want to make these kind of just over half an hour. I've got a lot to do today. Um, good ju good gyms in London today even exist. Uh, depends where you are. Depends where you are. Come southeast. If Callum was to stop coaching for some reason, who would be in your top choices for coaches? Uh, someone like... Someone like No Switch Fitness. Joe Jeffries. Who else are some good coaches that I would trust? I don't know too much about the America, uh, some of the other American guys, so I would leave it at that. How much are you aiming to weigh on stage this year? I don't know if I already said this. Probably like 100 kilos would be nice. 100 kilos. I was 96 and a half, maybe just under, um, last year. So I'm hoping anything, anything above 98, and potentially a little bit leaner, I'll be happy with. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see as we go. I'll leave that there, guys. Um, it was good to be, it was good to hang out with you wherever you are in the world. If you're on the treadmill, if you're in the car, if you're in 
bad. Uh, I'm glad to have joined you. <laughs> uh, don't forget to drop a little rating. Just drop a little five star down there for your boy. And uh, yeah, guys, we'll speak soon. Peace and love, everybody. Bye.